0: Welcome to episode two of the Columbus Junction Public Libraries. Beyond the Bookshelf podcast. This episode is about books. (laughs) Ha ha! Surprise! Surprise! But it's about book challenges because at the beginning of the year, I don't know about you, but like Goodreads asks me, or even my Kindle app asks me, how much do you want to read this year? They're like trying to get you to pick a number of books that you're going to read. And I usually always do that. And then sometimes I sort of police what I'll put on my Goodreads? Like, is it quality enough? P.S. That means Mandy would not put her romance novels on there. But now that I have started doing that, I'm seeing a lot more of my friends counting those as books. I'm using quotes, air quotes right now. So anyway, there's tons and tons and tons of reading challenges out there. And everyone's trying to just get you to read more. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about reading challenges. We wanted to talk about what qualifies as reading and how much time do you give a book before you say this isn't for you. So that's what we're talking about today. So you
1: were talking about your problems with book challenges. I kind of have an opposite problem. See, Erin just got out of undergrad and now she's in graduate school. For those of you that don't know, I had an English major. Surprise, surprise, I read a lot of books for class. Now if I read a book for class because I wasn't free reading it, it wasn't my choice, I didn't count that as a book that I'd read this year because that was work. So for me, all I was counting was those romance novels I read on my free time because they were quick, it wasn't school, and I loved them. I was getting a small amount of books, but people are like, no, but you've read this and this. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't count because it's work. Yeah, I struggle with reading challenges because I have a hard time
0: finding time to read so. what yeah. so finding time to read yeah. so then do audiobooks count on your reading challenges okay
1: this is maybe a hot take for some of you i don't think it's a hot take audiobooks absolutely count is it a story yes Some people are going to be like, well, if it's just a story, then anything is like a story and all of it's reading. My point here with audiobooks is, is this is a written out story that's been edited and people are getting royalties for. So you're hearing this story and you're able to interact with the community. Important part of books is that there's a community you can interact with. So if I'm listening to it versus reading it, did I consume this book?
0: Yes. Can you interact with people who have read the book? Yes.
1: Yes. And also I want to point out saying audiobooks are not books or not reading. It's a little ableism because honestly, some people retain information or learn information better hearing it rather than reading it. Let's watch out and
0: not be ableist this year. Let's not be ableist this year. That's the goal. I love it. And really, it doesn't matter, like, do we consider when we're doing challenges for reading for our kids, if we're reading the book to our child, we consider that that our child has read that book. So what does it matter as an adult if you're having an audiobook person, like if you're consuming that audiobook, at the end of it? you've read that book. You've consumed that book. You know that book inside and out. And so it doesn't really matter, I guess, in my world either. Like audiobooks are reading. Fan fiction is reading. And this is where Erin gives her next hot take. Hello, it's me again. Uh, I have a lot of hot takes
1: today. Again, once again, I was an English major and I had a really intense college experience because I like to fight, I guess. I don't know.
0: You're passionate and you give passionate defenses of the things that you understand well. It's not my fault people are wrong. (laughs) That too. That too.
1: (laughs) No so I had a creative writing class and we were supposed to do creative writing and it was supposed to be like creative literature It was supposed to be like oh learn these tropes or whatever so I'm like okay cool. We were talking to my professor and he was wanting to know what people wanted to write about and this one person wanted to write A fanfiction. And they're just like, oh. I mean, well, fanfiction isn't literature. And he's like, okay, but this is a creative writing class. You want me to learn, like, the tropes and stuff like that? You don't care about character building, right? And he's like, well, I guess not. But, like, I don't know. So I got upset because we were in the middle of class. And I'm just like, fanfiction is here's why. Because all fiction is fan fiction. For those of you out there that do not understand what I'm talking about, so fan fiction is where you take characters or ideas that somebody else has come up with and you interpret that your own way and you create a story. So, you know, any Romeo and Juliet story, that's fan fiction. Um, Dante's Inferno, that's a self-insert fanfic where he put himself in a situation that somebody else had already come up with. You get a lot of classic books that they're like, oh, this is in response or based off of this story. No, it's not. You liked the story. You liked the characters and the topics. You rewrote it. That's a fan fiction. And fan fiction is stories. It's characters. It's reading. So count that this year. We're counting fan fiction because it's fiction. I'm done.
0: We are counting fan fiction because it is fiction. And until Erin gave me this hot take, I'm just like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I kind of have this like hoity-toity idea about fan fiction, but you know, when I think about I love Pride and Prejudice, because I love Pride and Prejudice, I would probably one day read Pride, Prejudice and Zombies, because why not? Or hot take for anyone who does not know this about me, I love Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I absolutely adore that book. I have a lot of feelings about Percy Shelley. (laughs) Don't we all? Clearly would probably end up being its own podcast But there's an amazing book called The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein, which is a fan fiction about my most favorite book. And let me tell you, I loved every minute of it. You should probably check it out. P.S. Like we talked about the last time, it's coming to a streaming service near you soon. I'm so here for it. You know you're going to hear about it on the podcast. Before we get too far from fan fiction, I
1: also just wanted to say, we as readers are creating a community. We're reading so we can talk about it. We're doing these challenges so we can say, this is what I've read this year. I'm excited to hear what you thought about it. And I'm excited to hear what you read. Fan fiction is readers reading characters and responding to these characters and their authors in the same language, which is just so
0: exciting. It is. Also, this is going to be a whole nother podcast episode but graphic novels. Also reading, you're finishing a book and you're allowing your mind to get the visual exactly, exactly how the author and illustrator want you to get it. And that is so cool. Like it's just so cool. And there's some amazing graphic novels that we have here at the library. There's even more amazing graphic novels that are coming out that we don't have here that we'd be happy to get you on interlibrary loan. But our take, and we will explain further in future episodes, graphic novels are reading. Let your kids read them. Read them yourselves. And that is actually one of my reading challenges this year because I'm not usually a graphic novel person. But there have been so many cool graphic novels that come in that I am challenging myself to read at least 10 this year. Maybe 12. I should do one a month. They're easily consumable. They
1: are easily consumable because they're accessible to everyone. It's true. Uh, this has turned into a hot t- Grant. We didn't necessarily mean that, but we are doing this basically to say, no matter what you read this year, we want you to read. And we want to help you find what you'd like to read or encourage you to read by talking about
0: reading challenges. It's true. So there's so many cool reading challenges. One of them is Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge. And so it's really trying to get you to step outside your favorite author's, for Mandy, that means I read young adult and romance novels. (laughs) Like this is, this is my life. And I do that because I love the escapism and it doesn't matter if it's historical fiction. It doesn't matter if it's like realistic fiction. I'm not a huge like hard world building kind of fantasy person, but I'm kind of getting there. So I just love Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge because it's totally trying to make me more aware of who the author is, who the characters are, and trying to step outside my comfort zone with that reading. That one's a really cool one. We're going to link all of these to our website so that that way you can check them out and you can check back in with us on how we're doing with our reading challenges. Some of them are a little easier. Pop Sugar's reading challenge looks super cool and kind of maybe... It's about half and half, like half I could just pick up any book off of my to be read pile and it would fit in a category there. But then there's some other ones that are kind of like, ooh, I got to think about this. My favorite one on here is read a book with a family
1: tree because that means I can reread Bridgerton because all the Bridgerton books have a
0: family tree in them. Oh, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. (laughs) P.S. I'm not policing Aaron's reading. I promise you that. (laughs) But then there's some other really great ones like Reading Women and Reading Native. And I mean, there's just tons of really cool reading challenges out there. I'm personally super excited for the Reading
1: Native. Mandy
0: brought that reading challenge to me and I was just
1: so hyped. We had a wonderful opportunity recently to hear the Native American woman and she was so eloquent in talking about how it's hard to break into the publishing world and she is trying to help get these books published, but making sure that books that are published that aren't necessarily like Native views, but somebody trying to take that on and are not creating bad stereotypes. She's trying to make sure those aren't as put out there. People understand this is cool, but this
0: isn't that. So I'm excited by this one. It's true. that was a really great thing. If you took our suggestion and signed up for Twitter, follow Dr. Debbie Reese, she does a really great job of breaking down some of the challenges with native portrayals in literature, but also some has some really fantastic book recommendations by native authors about native cultures. So follow her, Dr. Debbie Reese. So like when you see reading challenges, like sometimes it's kind of overwhelming because you're like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here and I have no idea how I'm ever going to figure all this stuff out. On the Read Harder Challenge, there's one that says, read a romance by a trans or non-binary author. Here's my shameless plug for my absolute favorite book that I read in 2020. It's called Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas who is trans. It has a little bit of a love story. It has some ghost stories. You literally step into this neighborhood in Los Angeles you don't want to leave. So if you are doing like a cool reading challenge or you want something out of the ordinary, definitely feel free to ask us if, hey, I'm trying to fill this blank on my reading challenge. But also there's just really cool, amazing books out there. And if you're like, you know what, I don't read romance from anybody. Just read any romance. It's your reading challenge. You don't have to follow it by the letter, I mean, my goodness, that seems a little bit like drudgery and schoolwork and this is reading for fun. So if you don't read romances usually and you pick up something that has just a hint of more romance than what murder, I guess, I don't know, then count it, that's fine, we don't care.
1: Count it because we don't care what you're reading, we care that you're reading and we wanna encourage
0: that. Especially if you're trying to challenge yourself to read something outside of your norm. How long do you give the book before you give up on it? How long do you give, Erin? No, seriously. Oh, no. How long no. do you give it? Oh, no. Okay. I'm totally putting her on the spot with this question.
1: <laughs> she is. She did not prep me for this. Okay, so Erin does this thing where she'll read four chapters. Now, if it's one of those books where it's like the chapter's like three pages, I'm not going to do that, obviously. But I'll read four chapters because that's typically around the 70, 80 pages mark. By that point. If I haven't read it, my reading time is so short. I I, I have school. I have actual reading I'm supposed to do. So every time I read a free reading book, I'm actively putting off schoolwork. So it has to be good for me to like actually read it. And by
0: that point, if I'm not like interested or into the story, I just toss it and move on. I have to say, I don't know that I give myself any sort of whatever. Obviously, if something like captures me from the get go, I finish it probably in a ridiculous amount of time. And I would say I have a tendency to not finish more nonfiction. Because I feel like I've already gotten the gist of what the book is trying to say and I'm kind of done and over it. Most of the fiction that I read, I do at least try to finish or take a break and come back to it and finish it. Yeah, you're very good about coming
1: back to things like this isn't the headspace that I'm in right now. I'll come back later when I'm more in that headspace. Erin also has a bad habit. If for some reason in the first hundred pages, all of a sudden like the book is tied up and there's a nice, neat, happy ending, I just stop because I'm like, cool, that was it. Short story, done. I've done that with several different books where, like, there was a part two where it's like, oh, they're married and happy. Oh, but wait, he lied. And, like, the rest of the book is going to be really sad and I like them together as a couple. I just
0: stop. Okay, I like that because you are creating the ending that you need and that you want
1: yes erin is getting what she needs from her reading
0: (laughs) and based on the fact that erin and mandy like romance novels we want things to be tied up neatly and everyone to have a happily ever after whatever that looks like for you yeah like it doesn't have to be marriage and babies we just want you to be happy in the end of the book and if you're not happy in the end of the book then we're probably talking about what we would have how we would have written it differently as i was kind of like taking a look at some different things for this podcast I came across Nancy Pearl's Rule of 50. So if you're 50 years old or younger, which I'm not going to out y'all, you do you. (laughs) If you're 50 or younger, you give a book 50 pages. If you're 50 or older, you take 100 and subtract your age, and that's how many pages you give a book. And her statement is, there is an enormity of books available. If you're not digging it, go find something that you will. You're never gonna read everything, and so don't waste your time on a book that's just not speaking to you. It may not speak to you right then. It may not speak to you ever. It may be the headspace that you're in, I love Jodi Pico's books. Like She's one of my favorite authors. But there is a book of hers, Small Great Things, maybe. It's the one about the white supremacist couple and the black nurse. I wanted to read it. I wanted to love it. I wanted to get through it. There's just been so much conversation about racism and systemic racism. And it was just too much for me to immerse myself into it. And I couldn't finish it. And Four years later, I don't think I've picked it up since then. So it's totally fine to give up on that and to say, I'm going to come back to it or to say, you know what? I'm not coming back to that one. And like many of her books, they're about real world topics. I read the school shooting one before I had kids. I probably wouldn't read that one now that I have had kids. You know, we're just in different spaces. We're just in different places in our lives. And it's totally okay to put something down and say, this isn't for me right now. And it may never be for me.
1: Obviously, we're all busy people. If we're reading for pleasure, that means it should be pleasurable. Now, I will say I do encourage occasionally people read hard topics, but I also understand the overstimulation and the emotional response is exhausting. Absolutely, Because storytelling, you take a little bit of yourself and you put it there and people respond to that. And if you're reading a book that's emotionally exhausting, stop come back to the story or don't come back to the story. Just like emotional
0: drains in your life, you don't have to put up with it, you know? Yeah. And we sometimes don't even realize how we're going to be triggered. So that bestseller that someone else just keeps talking about, have you read it yet? Have you read it yet? And you get 75 pages in and then all of a sudden something hits you. It's a bestseller. So lots of people like it. That's okay. It doesn't mean you have to like it. It doesn't mean you have to read it. P.S. I still have not read Where the Crawdads Sing. I was told there's no actual crawdads in that.
1: So what? I don't know. I feel like it's a spoiler, but somebody's like, it wasn't about the crawdads. And I'm like, what? We digress. Also, Mandy brought up a really good thing. Friends giving you books to read and saying this is really good. Mandy, what do you do when you don't want to read the book that somebody's given you? Do you talk about it? I'm not calling you out. I'm genuinely asking. Oh,
0: I got a little concerned. (laughs) No, 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 no. Because I think we all surround ourselves with people that we like to talk about certain things with. And so I have different people that I like to talk books with. And a lot of times they'll give me book recommendations. And if I'm not in the middle of reading something else, I will. I'll. I'll definitely give it a try. Your goal this year is graphic novels. My goal is graphic novels, and this is my second year on the Teen All Iowa Reads committee. So, I will be reading a bucket load of YA. Also, hot take adults should absolutely read young adult literature. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. It's fantastic. And I would say like probably the most life-changing books I've ever read are young adult books. There's been a conversation on the teen committee a little bit about, you know, there hasn't ever been a science fiction or fantasy winner. But I I don't know. I'm so mean to science fiction and fantasy. She is. I mean... And I do have a lot of fiction or fantasy that's on my to-be-read list. I just haven't taken the jump.
1: But that's great because this year, or today in this podcast, we were supposed to be talking about reading challenges.
0: Okay, so maybe (laughs) he's going to try some more science fiction and fantasy.
1: Maybe a, a science fiction and fantasy graphic novel? Maybe.
0: Oh, that could be really good. Maybe. I might like that a little bit better. Yeah,
1: because then you can see it. So then the
0: world building is in front of your face. And you're not trying to build
1: something you've never seen in your head.
0: Clearly. Sometimes when I say it like that, though, or you say it like that, it makes me realize I have zero imagination.
1: No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Okay, guys. I am in a little mini book club. And by mini book club, I say it's two people. Where I'm reading Dune right now. And I'm having a lot of trouble trying to situate the world. Because as far as I'm reading the book, I'm like, okay, in my head, this world is vaguely red. And the other person I'm reading it with is like, oh, I was really interested in this and like the mechanicalness of this and like the sunsets and everything. And I'm world building with them because I'm having trouble creating the world in my head. But it's still exciting and good.
0: Any reading is a good reading. So with reading challenges, we're going to post a bunch of them to our website. Aaron and I are still kind of working on our own personal challenges, but we are going to continuously update our reading suggestions pages and our reading challenges. So we would love for you to share with us, whether it's on social media, whether it's an email, a text, or when you come in to get your next book, if you need book recommendations, we're totally here. We're happy to help you find the 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 next thing that you love or the next thing that you read 50 pages and you bring back and tell us it was terrible. And that sounds great too. Yeah. Also, please understand, Erin's going to take
1: forever to make her reading challenge because she's going to go through like six or seven different like reading challenges, pick three from each that she likes, and then make her own reading challenge. Because honestly, I don't have time for somebody else to curate my books.
0: And that's fine too. Yeah. Because it's your challenge, whether it's the number of pages you want to read, whether it's the number of hours you want to spend reading, whether it's the number of books you want to finish, or you want to read outside your normal preferences. It doesn't matter. All reading is good reading. So if there's anything we can do to help, let us know. Otherwise, we will see you the next time on the Columbus Junction Public Libraries Beyond the Bookshelf. Bye. Bye, guys.